Welcome to another episode of the Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur with your host, Sharon Wilson, founder and chief inspiration officer of Coaching from Spirit Institute and master spiritual business mentor. The intention of this show is to provide transformational tips, tools, strategies, and resources that support and empower you to soar and shine in your business now. Enjoy. Well, welcome everyone. I'm so excited you're listening in. I'm so excited for our guest today. In our talk today, she'll be sharing about the vagus nerve and flow state and how that really can impact you. So let me introduce you to our amazing guest today. Our guest is the world's leading expert in opening the door to health, performance, and innovation through the vagus nerve, the bridge between our narratives for our physical experience. A storyteller for the human body, she has an extensive background in stress management, chronic conditions, and people who haven't yet found success. Notice on the yet part. She now focuses on strengthening the leading edge in businesses, speakers, entertainers, athletes, artists, and medical professionals, helping them really get that edge. And she's a physical therapist, board certified orthopedic clinical specialist, certified athletic trainer, and certified exercise expert for aging adults. And I am so grateful to have with us today, Melanie Weller. Melanie, it's so great to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here, Sharon. I'm excited to talk with you. Uh, absolutely. I haven't had anyone on the, the podcast to talk about this. And so I'm really excited for people to really get this language, this new language that you are really providing for people. So before we get started with that, uh, Melanie, I always like to ask all my guests, since my podcast is called The Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur, uh, what does being a spiritually persistent entrepreneur mean to you? Oh, I would say that um, it's being aware enough that where you think your destiny is at one point might be very different from what it, your bigger calling is. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> and holding the, the space for that you know, all while being spiritual, you know, I would say I've had a a spiritual awareness and practice for the vast majority of my life and certainly for my adult life. And I've always seen the world very symbolically. And I thought for many, many years that my destiny was to be a highly credentialed physical therapist. And I've collected a lot of certifications over the years. And truly, my now I would say that my destiny is to be much more of a highly credentialed high priestess mm-hmm. yes. and that, and I had to let go of a lot of, or expand a lot of the beliefs about myself mm-hmm. and what the world was holding for me and really trust that the universe has my back. And that has you know, I think that's a hard thing for everybody. It was really, I'll say it was really hard for me to trust that anyone had my back for most of my life. I was not inherently very um, trusting, especially of female friends. And I think I just always felt like I had to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, that might lead us into one challenge that stands out that you've faced that's helped you to activate that more in you. And maybe that's something, you know, throughout your whole experience. But but what's one thing you could really share with the listeners that you would say has really activated you of being more of a spiritually persistent um, entrepreneur, just a spiritually persistent person? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that... It, developing my intuition mm. has probably been the biggest part and, and really connecting that my business development is a reflection of my personal development. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's that, the, yeah, the, uh, it's, you know, my business development on, or my business development is my personal development on steroids, <laughs> that it's just mm, this big sure. am, amplification of it. Mm. And I historically thought that I will tell you, I've always been in hindsight, I can say I've always been intuitive, but I thought my intuition and my logic were the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it was actually very stressful when I realized they were separate. Okay, there you go. (laughs) And, And so then learning to trust the intuition over my logic was, uh, you know, was a, a process. So that sounds like a, a theme, as I was going to say, usually when we're faced with some kind of challenge or maybe even a experience throughout our lives or a theme, it's kind of like a spiritual theme or divine curriculum. Uh, that So what would you say, you know, you wish you knew then that you know now that you could share with our listeners? How much my voice matters and how important it is to exercise my voice and uh, yeah, I think at all levels, you know, to what to stand in who I am and to express my feelings and to call out things that need to be called out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would, you know, and I say this now with the hindsight of, you know, the sure. lost, lost voice is the karmic backstory of my astrology mm. chart. Mm-hmm. And it's my, uh, a, was a big part of my childhood trauma as well. But really, uh, for me, this whole system I've developed in decompressing the vagus nerve, I really realize is about decompressing my vagus nerve and figuring ah, it out. Well, and then as course. I help, you know, as I help myself, you know, we, we all do we're, the thing. We we're only do, we're only doing what it is we need the most anyways. So exactly. That's, exactly. you know, it wasn't, it was years before I figured that one out. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's sort of like, okay. And, and by the way, as I'm doing this, then I can support other people, but not till I've really been doing it. And then all the iterations of it too. So. Exactly. Exactly. And really getting it into voice was the last frontier of mm-hmm. the vagus nerve for me. Mm-hmm. Because as a physical therapist, people with vocal problems typically went to a speech language pathologist and I didn't, you know, I didn't really get that population. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, of people right. from a clinical standpoint, but to see how powerful the, just the giving the, what I've done for years, the thing I didn't realize I was doing is I've been giving people's bodies a voice for years and years. Yeah, exactly. So that they really understand the spiritual underpinnings of their physical dysfunction. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and so this kind of now, you know, I so welcome, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to put my voice out there. Yes. Well, uh, let's, let's talk about that. Talk, uh, tell people a little bit about what the Vegas is, it does, and how does it influence performance and health? Sure. That's kind of a, that's a, we'll unpack that, <laughs> but let's start with what is it and how sure. does it function? So I'll, I'll start with an example because everybody knows when their vagus nerve is not working well. Okay. It's when you're going to do something that makes you uncomfortable, especially everyone's biggest fear of public speaking. Okay. You know, that's such a common uh, fear, you know, it's something that makes you similarly nervous and you get a lump in your throat and your palms sweat and your heart races and your digestion shifts. Mm-hmm. Those are all vagus nerve mediated functions. Okay. And you get the lump in your throat and the racing heart and the sweaty palms and the altered digestion because your fight and flight system has taken over and your vagus nerve has been dialed down. So your vagus nerve is the biggest component of your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the calming counterpart of your fight and flight sympathetic system Mm -hmm. and the nerve itself starts in your brainstem it's outside of your spinal cord it goes and innervates your vocal cords it does that actually after innervating your heart or goes down towards your heart and then it loops back up to your vocal cords so i love to think of it as the nerve that allows you to speak your heart Mm. it travels down along your through your esophagus and innervates along your esophagus and through the diaphragm and innervates the muscles of the digestive system. In women, it innervates the cervix. And it sends a lot of information from your body up to your brain. The research shows us that vagus nerve stimulation uh, in the research, they'll often apply electrical stimulation as the intervention, and they'll uh, it remaps your brain at the highest levels, mm-hmm. and it reverses the mitochondrial defects deep in your cells that go with heart disease. And so, and there are just many, many, many amazing things that the vagus nerve does, it has very far reaching influences. It's not directly in the mitochondria of all of your cells, but that's, it, it has that kind of influence. It's definitely your body's biggest influencer and it's your grace under pressure. It's your rest and digest. And it's a pleasure pathway too. women. Sexual arousal is overwhelmingly a, a parasympathetic function. And in the research they found that women with complete spinal cord injuries can achieve orgasm with vagus nerve stimulation. So it's also a part of sexual pleasure and arousal. It's like the golden ticket here. It's you know? totally the golden ticket. It really is. <laughs> I it mean, really never, is. I, I, I heard something, honestly, I knew nothing about this until, you know, you and I spoke before. 
Um, but I had heard something about a vagus nerve response, like if you pass out, if you're going to, you know, get, get yes. blood or something. But that's right. the only thing I ever heard about it was something like, oh, that's the vagus nerve response. And I was sort of like, what? And so I've always correlated it with something like that. So um, what has been your journey with discovering this vagus nerve and how can it really impact and support people now that we know it is this sort of holy grail you know, golden ticket thing in our body that impacts our cells and impacts so many things. And, you know, it, it's not like we really um, know about this. It's, I mean, like I said, I, I think if I picked, I think I could ask everybody and they may have vaguely heard something, but it would probably be more along the lines of what I said, you know, something they're going to pass out. Sure, right. Or, yeah. No, a vasovagal response yeah. is absolutely passing out and your vagus nerve. Like, so the, uh, well, let's talk about all the amazing things first. Maybe there is like a little yeah. bit of a shadow side to it with that pass that, you know, the passing out, but I would argue that, that, that passing out is often because of a compressed vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's what my system is all about is decompressing the vagus nerve and oh, okay. giving it more space to okay. move. Gotcha. All right. So tell us more about it then. So the, yeah. the, the so my journey, and all that. I was journey with them. Yeah. I was introduced to the concept of, a vagus nerve, a vagus nerve compression by one of my mentors, maybe 20 plus years ago. And, and we talked about it at the base of the skull where it exits the skull to go continue down the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. And the technique that I learned from her to decompress the vagus nerve at the base of the skull, I used in I certainly always used it in with patients that had neck pain and headaches and things like that. And I really came to discover though, that it has incredible far reaching effects. Your vagus nerve uses the same neurotransmitter that your muscles do, which is acetylcholine. Mm -hmm. And you get these really beautiful musculoskeletal responses. So as an outpatient orthopedic physical therapist, athletic trainer, that was really helpful in my practice. And when I had patients that weren't getting better, even if they had, for example, knee pain, if they weren't getting better, I'd go check what their vagus nerve, if it, to see if they're, I thought they maybe had some vagus nerve compression at the base of their skull. And if they did, I'd treat that. And inevitably their knee mechanics would shift and get so much better. And they'd get more ankle flexibility and their big toe would start moving properly. Mm. <laughs> and I, very early in my career, ended up working with people who had not found success in the medical system, mm -hmm. a lot of complicated chronic pain patients and, you know, and just others that had not responded as mm -hmm. they or the doctors anticipated. And the, so I learned very early on to think outside of the box, you know, and by the time, and for most of my career, by the time people came to me, they had seen at least a couple of other people sure. <laughs> where it hadn't worked. Mm -hmm. And so the game I always kind of played with myself was what one or two or three things can I do to make 10 or 20 or 30 things better in these people? Mm -hmm. By the time somebody, for example, comes to me with back pain, they're their biomechanics are 
not right at their big toe, their ankle, their knee, their hip, their rib cage, their shoulders, their neck, mm-hmm. and their skull. Sure. And so their back is just taking a beating for what's not happening right above and below it. And, you know, I can always find a laundry list of restrictions in biomechanical, you know, where my, my PT biomechanical tests that are positive in those people to start with. And then you get somebody that hasn't resolved where it's not just their back that's hurting now, but now they're having shoulder pain and knee pain and everything along with it. And you can really, uh, our medical system doesn't really know how to look at somebody as a whole person and decode that. It becomes Mm -hmm. very overwhelming. Yes. Right. (laughs) You know, and it's overwhelming for the patient, obviously too. That's why they ended up in your office in the first place. Sure. But to really, um, uh, you know, and I learned like over the years, like I've, I've often treated diaphragm dysfunction and I've treated some pelvic floor dysfunction and I've tried, and, but what I've really put together over the years is how like the head bones connected to the foot bone really, mm-hmm. and, you know, and like this, you know, via your vagus nerve right? that you can really, if you, and if you can pick the most restricted part and there's a, you know, for clinicians, I teach a system to that, that you can really do one or two things and open up the body in an amazing way. Mm-hmm. And even if the vagus nerve isn't the primary problem, you know, that you, you've got some stuff that's underneath that, it really tends to wipe the windshield clear so that you can see what's happening. That's really amazing. Well, um, what's your vision for transforming health on the collective level? You know, so many of us, you know, we, we go to the you know, regular doctors and that really for the most part, looking for the root cause, looking to kind of treat the symptoms. I know I've had experiences with that myself. And we have to go outside the box, at least it seems that way now, you know, outside the traditional model. So what's some of the, some of your vision for transforming health on the collective level? Well, first part of my vision is that these vagus nerve exercises become like brushing your teeth for people. Okay. They're just, that they become so widely known that, you know, everybody has access to them and they're just part of public health Mm -hmm. messaging. And I think that, and in the bigger vision, I am really looking at the vagus nerve as a model for how businesses and institutions are structured so that we can use the vagus nerve in a biomimicry sense that and design systems that organically make all of us healthier and keep us all out of the hospital Mm -hmm. and out of the doctor's offices. I think business has a really unique chance to integrate these principles because if they can make their workplaces less stressful and less, you know, and more create more flow in their workplaces using these same principles, then they're going to improve the health of their organization and their employees aren't going to require as much healthcare. You know, that they can really function more in terms of wellness care. What I learned in working with people for 30 years is that the story that's going on inside their body is also playing out outside their body. 
So like, for example, when somebody has, uh, say, neck tightness or headaches, where their vagus nerve is compressed at the base of their skull, often what's happening in their life is their heroics and their desires are at odds with each other. They're being the hero in someone else's story at the expense of their own, or they're satisfying everyone else's desires at the expense of their own, or they're not clear about what they really desire in the first place. And when that gets out of balance, that tends to show up in the head, neck. Interesting. So this is really a symbol, like you talked about, it's really a a symbolic language that, you know, you're supporting the interpretation. Well, talk about some of the kind of client situations that you see most often. And I I liked your example of what you're kind of giving an example of, okay, headaches are manifested, but then you you kind of walk it backward to kind of look at what is really the, the bigger picture. It really is a spiritual theme, seems to me you know, that, uh, that is being played out and, you know, you're just bringing this, this language forward for people to start to realize that this has been here all along, but we just didn't know. It was like a language we didn't know. It seems to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that this is what ancient people understood very well. You know, medically, we know that stress is 75 to 90% of all disease and illness that's out there in the research statistically, but we don't really define what stress is very specifically. Right, right. And I have found that stress lives very prescriptively in the body. It's very predictable and you can, uh, and there's essentially a cosmology to it. And there with two major pieces and I'll outline this a little bit and then I'll give some examples. Mm -hmm. Great. So one looking at your body as a fractal of the earth and a fractal of the cosmos. So for example, at the head, your vagus nerve exits the base of your skull about 23 and a half degrees from the center of where your spinal cord does. And the earth sits at a 23 and a half degree tilt. Interesting. You know, that 23 and a half degrees crosses the opening mm-hmm. of where your vagus nerve exits and restoring mobility there is very much like putting somebody back on their axis. Mm -hmm. Sure. And in astrology, so there's angles. So I'll say one, there's angles that just, and there's like, there are these angles throughout the whole body, you know? So that was just one example of the angles. And the, uh, the easiest way to understand the second part is through astrology with the symbolism. So the ventricles in the brain that make cerebral spinal fluid are shaped just like the ram's horns in Aries. And in astrology, Aries rules the head. I have an image in one of my anatomy books of a, it's a compilation of MRI images to give you a 3D picture of what the ventricles look like. And they look just like the ram's horns for Aries in the photo. Interesting. And the way the hyoid bone sits on the larynx and the throat looks very much like the symbol for Taurus and Taurus rules the throat. And the aortic arch is the same shape as a symbol for Leo and Leo rules the heart. And so it works this way the whole way through the body. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, and and this works across different systems. The Vedas are coded into the body too. You have intracellular structures that are the same shape as each of the constellations as well. And so, you know, this is... 
you know, I think the only rule we ever follow is as above, so below. We are literally made in the image of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Sure. And in the way that the vagus nerve makes the electromagnetic, because it innervates the heart, it's going to be integral to creating the electromagnetic field of the heart, which is our strongest electromagnetic field. And it's measurable to about three feet or so around us. And the research shows that when solar and space weather disrupts the electromagnetic field of the earth, it's measurable in our vagus nerves. We are literally synchronizing with the earth all the time. Fascinating. And so when we think about alignment and as a PT alignment is my, you know, is my thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we just think too small about Mm -hmm. what that means. Right. You know, that when we like to be aligned, you know, when we say the stars align for us, like they literally did, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or there's a, or you, you know, you've figured out how to be in alignment. And I think the, the root of all dysfunction, whether it's a physical issue or illness or a limiting belief mindset kind of situation is resisting your own expansion in an ever expanding universe. And I see that all the time in people's postures. In humans, we all have, in all humans, the right side of the diaphragm has more muscle mass than the left. So theoretically, the right side will always win. Mm -hmm. And that's because your liver's over there. And it's just part of our inherent asymmetry. You know, our heart's a little bit more off to the left. And so a lot of people I see are locked down on the right side of their diaphragm. Well, the earth below us and the solar system above us rotate the opposite direction. So when we're clamped down to the right, we're literally resisting our alignment on a fractal scale. Wow, this is really fascinating. I mean, we are just getting at the um, at the tip of the iceberg of this. So tell us a little bit more about um, how what you do with people can support them to really experience more alignment because that's what, that's what it really feels like to me. And that's one of my favorite words, you know, is, is alignment and uh, well activation, but alignment too. So, you know, if we activate something, then we have to align, you know, and, and everything is about, you know, just how far, and and not in a judging way, but if we're not fully aligned, I mean, there's degrees of alignment, Right. So, so talk to people more about how, you know, the things that you you're doing and supporting um, people on and, and the kind of results, things that, that, uh, that are happening for people. Sure. Just kind of give them a perspective of that. Yeah. So, uh, so I have turned this, the way this cosmology lives in the body mm-hmm. into a form of energy medicine. Right. And so when, uh, and I work with people in person and online. I have mm-hmm. some special skills to be able to shift energy across uh, the ethers. Mm-hmm. I treat people all over, you know, work with people all over sure. the world mm-hmm. with that. And so there's the, you know, that part of it. But I'll give an, I'll give an example with the voice, voice because Taurus rules the throat and the way your, as I said earlier, the way your hyoid bone up in your throat sits on top of your larynx looks very much like the symbol for Taurus. So it's like the hyoid bone is like a, like from the front, it looks kind of like a um, like a set of horns mm-hmm. that come up. And the Egyptian story of the Apis Osiris bull describes laryngeal anatomy in quite a bit of detail. And 
so even from, you know, so I have my energy piece of it that I do, but I also take people through meditation guided imagery. Like, tell me what your bull looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, what do the horns look like? What color is it? Well, you know, what is its environment like? Does it have a nose ring or any special veneration on it? And that can help identify some core wounds oh, or some, the way, di- you know, the voice it can help identify how you're using your voice metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and you can start to have a conversation with your, the bull in your throat mm-hmm. and to see what it desires for itself, what it needs that it's not getting. And so I will often help people like if the, uh, and I, I have a specific story to go with this in a moment, but like if the uh, horns say like the horns, like once a horn is pointed up and one horn is pointed down, like I will work with their bull to get the horns mm-hmm. vertical, you know, straight on right. the head where they're supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, it's so, and with this Egyptian story of the Apis Osiris bull, it, it was a bull born with very specific markings. It had a diamond on its forehead, an eagle on its back, and a scarab beetle under its tongue. And our vocal cords are, are uh, look very much like a set of scarab beetle wings. Our thyroid gland looks very much like an eagle, or literally within a vulture. Eagle's a modern interpretation of that story. Uh, vulture on its back, and the thyroid gland very much has that shape to it. And the hyoid bone and a ligament that's there has the diamond quality for the forehead as well. But when we say, like, when we're not creating what we desire or we're not sure what we desire, you know, I'll have people practice even just saying their name, like, from just the way they would normally say their name. Like, if I said, I am Melanie, you know, in kind of a non mindful Mm -hmm. space, you know. But if I really tap into that bull, and like this Osiris bull, they, the Egyptians considered the physical embodiment of the god Osiris. And if I say, I am Melanie, like my bull says, I am Melanie, <laughs> you know, to really give the bull that voice. Right. And let that, let my divine creation come through me. Then you start creating from a whole different place and you start shifting your energy because you're speaking with your big self, not your small self. And one really great example I... Uh, half of this was working with someone whose uh, children had been sexually abused by somebody that they had really trusted. Mm. And they lived in the same neighborhood and she had gotten to the point where she had, it was stressful and she, she didn't want to walk by the house. She was afraid to run into these people, you know, as it was all, being investigated and everything and getting the bull right in her throat gave her the confidence to be able to move through her life and not be afraid. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, very simple intervention that I did with her. And this is very early in the development of this whole process for me too. So which made it extra exciting that, you know, Mm -hmm. but Like it completely changed her life to get her bowl. Um, To me, her bowl struck me as if it was, uh, if it was tied up 
by the horns. Mm-hmm. And so I energetically untied her bowl. And, you know, and she would have told you that she, that that was a fair metaphor for how she was feeling Mm -hmm. right? as well. And treating the metaphor and it's just so incredibly important. When you treat somebody's physical structure, sometimes their story will change, but when you treat somebody's story, their physical body always changes. Right. Well, tell us just a little bit um, about storytelling and why that's so important to transforming the physical body, because you're just moving into that. And before we, because sure. um, I would love to have you back um, and, and dig into this more, but maybe just talk a little bit about that. And then we can um, provide folks with some resources. So sure. yeah, tell us about that. Because that so- was a very good point is when, you know, the storytelling and how it can transform the physical body. So share that. So the difference between acute, subacute pain and chronic pain, and I would extend this to even chronic limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. is that chronic pain is stored in your limbic system where your emotions are processed mm-hmm. in your brain. And you cannot logic yourself out of your limbic system. Okay. You have to have an emotional key to get it out of there. Mm-hmm. We are wired for story. Story gives us dopamine releases in our brain. Story gives us uh, oxytocin releases in our bodies, which make us feel more connected with each other. And when we are addicted to our story, essentially, or addicted to being right about even things we're even our pain, you know, we're wired really often for what's, um, we tend to go towards what's familiar, not what's right for us. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why abused women go back to their abusers, Mm -hmm. for example. And so, but you have to have that emotional key to get that story out of the limbic system. And technical talk does not fit into that key, into that lock. (laughs) Most of the time, you the leading pain science experts will all tell you that they love it when people cry or get angry because they know they're going to get better. And, right. and so and, and by correlating anatomy and story to specific parts of the body in archetypal form, you know, that your throat is an archetypal bull and your head is an archetypal ram and your heart is an archetypal lion. And we use this in our language. We say people are lion hearted. Mm-hmm. Tough and, like a bull, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Think about the, think about those phraseologies and now yeah. it brings on a whole new. It's, so, it's completely wired into our idioms and in our language. And so you can really use the story and imagery to, um, to access, you know, it shifts, it shifts the energy and it shifts the way the cosmology lives in your body. Mm -hmm. And so then it shifts your body and this can be done through art. It can be done through guided imagery. It can be done through energy work. So there's many, you know, there are many routes to this, but this is to me fundamentally just how the cosmos is coded into us. And we have thousands and thousands of years of stories. And this is, uh, and story was a way of, uh, communicating science in ancient times. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think this is so fascinating. It really is. I'd love to have you back on. We can talk more about how um, how to evolve this uh, even more. But I know you have some free resources that you can provide for folks, and I really appreciate you um, sharing that with people now. So can you tell us, uh, this will be on the episode page, everyone, and also in the um, directory, but can you just give us a, a perspective of some of those resources that you have available and then just give people that link? Absolutely. If you go to my website, which is my name, Melanie, M-E-L-A-N-I-E, Weller, W-E-L-L-E-R.com. And at the bottom of the homepage, you can enter your email address. It will send you a free vagus nerve decompression course that takes you through a full self-assessment and treatment as well, head to toe. There is in that email also a handout for uh, leadership or these flow compression points, like as I, where I've really stripped out all the spiritual language to but to look at where like your heroics and your desires are at odds with each other. Right, because then we can really we can really utilize that those. Um, those symbolic uh, archetypes to better understand what's happening in our lives and then better understand how we can have um, more empowerment in those experiences. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, and it creates more flow because of how it opens up or how it opens up internal flow within the body and how then you have access to greater alignment and flow externally. And you're literally flowing on a cosmic level, not just a little teeny small level. Yes. Which is the goal just to be in the flow. That's the alignment that's, you know, yes. all of that. And I, I think it's just so important that we are, are able to take more control, um, be able to feel more empowered in our bodies and our health and not feel like we have to have outside you know, outside circumstances. I am a hundred percent in agreement with that. I am a huge fan of that empowerment. And th the beautiful thing about using story is that it doesn't take an MD or a PhD mm -hmm. or anything to do that. And you can use, uh, you know, you could do everything from doodling a bowl to going through, you know, some mind body drawing exercises mm -hmm. to, um, doing a meditation with your bowl and you can get so far by uh, using these techniques for yourself and really develop a deep sense of your purpose and your place in the world too, which is, which also gives you a deep sense of peace. Oh, that's just absolutely beautiful. I'm so grateful for, for your light and just bringing this language through. Um, is there anything you want to share with people before we close? And, and as I said, I'd love to have you come back and us dig into this deeper because it really is a, a multi-layered conversation. Yes. Oh, it's, I would love to come back. Yes. No, I could talk <laughs> like I was, yeah, the uh, like a, I could talk for, so I did, a, I recorded a two hour podcast with somebody this morning and we still had more that we could have talked about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, um, I was, I want to, uh, I love sharing this because I think it's, to me, it's the truest sense of how time works relative to us. And this is from a quote from a tribe in the Andes mountains. And they say that your future is behind you, propelling you forward. Mm. And your past is in front of you waiting for you to make peace with it and clear your way. Mm. And to really know that your future has your back mm -hmm. and that you're supported and it's not something you have to chase or even reach for that it's really, uh, you know, the, uh, like, 
like it's supporting you and it's taking you where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Being in that alignment, being in that flow, you know, and coming from, you know, uh, corporate America coming from, you know, those kind of places where, you know, where we, we, we felt like, you know, we just had to push everything into place. We had to make it happen. We had to, you know, force it, you know, this is a whole new, uh, consciousness that is really where we're moving, you know, to be more, um, conscious beings and to, and to activate these abilities that we have so that so many of the seeming problems that we have really are, are within our control, but they're, they're about turning inward and these kinds of things that you're talking about and not expecting that the solution is outside of us. You know, that I think it sounds great. We can give great lip service to that, but, but I love what you are sharing, how that can really be so tangible, you know, and it really can create these kinds of experiences. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not um, kind of a, an esoteric approach to it. It really is very much about activating and aligning, you know, with these um, truly with these abilities and the, in this language that, you know, has been provided for us through the cosmos and our body is a part of that, a part of that. So I just think it's amazing. I'm just very grateful for all the amazing divine downloads I know you've received, you know, to really bring this out. And you've just really shared this in a very eloquent way. So I'm just very grateful for your for your light and and the service that you're providing. Uh, Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you for seeing me. I feel most loved when I'm seen. So I appreciate that you're seeing me. And thank you for sharing your platform for me to get my voice and my message out there so that others can learn this language as well. Absolutely. I really encourage people to go and get that, uh, that course, the, the, the vagus, um, nerve, you know, we really need to awaken the remembrance because we know this, but it's in our remembrance. I've been getting goosebumps the whole time we've been talking. That's always a sign for me that yes, that's on the right track and also remembering, you know, whenever I, I'm feeling that. So I, I know that a lot of people are feeling that as well. And we definitely will have you back on. So we really appreciate you being here, Melanie. And I want to thank, thank all of our listeners and we see you living lives of love and joy and peace and prosperity and health and always always we'll see you back here next time everybody do you hate selling yet love to be of service in my free masterclass, you will discover three soulful secrets to client conversations that feel joyful easy and fun using these secrets one of my clients made eight thousand dollars in one week and another client made $100,000 in less than six months. Register now at www.coachingfromspirit.com masterclass.